following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. also noticed about some of these cold days and these snowy days people don't use their defrost in their car like have you ever seen have you ever gone by somebody when it's cold and their car's all foggy and and they can't see out of it very well and you can't see in usually the car's kind of a piece of shit if that's the case sometimes it is but i i really think they have like the front blowers on them which causes everything else to fog up because they want to get hit with the hot, with the warm air, and then it it causes... Well, I mean, we just, before we went on air, got done talking about how fucking stupid and screwed up this under-25 generation of so-called humans is in this country. <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me that they don't know how to work a defroster in a car. It sounded like the brain just there. Oh, my God. So-called humans. Jesus. <laughs> Oh, wow. We're off and running. We got Snowmageddon apparently on the way Thursday. Everybody's been canceled. We're not going to have a game. I'm like in my best Red Foreman mood right now. Like, yeah? I just, I fucking hate all people and everything that associates with it right now. Including me. I mean, you're, you're, you're here for a little bit. Wow. I, I, can, okay. hand, I can handle like an Hurry hour. Hurry up and get out of here. <laughs> You can only tolerate Jesus. you for so long. Every, you every, are in it. Everybody right now is. You are. They're on my shit list. What sets you in this mood? What's going on? Uh, it's people breathing and talking and walking, man. That's what it is. That's just what it is right now. Just a lot of dumbasses. A lot of dumbasses. Oh, man. Yeah. After a week off, we are back at it with another edition of the it's people breathing, talking, and walking. Perfect. <laughs> um. We didn't do our Super Bowl preview last week. No, um, I was sick. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Uh, for, first time this winter? Under the weather for a little bit. Had right. a pretty nasty sinus infection. Yep. Needed a lot of sleep. Sure. So uh, I right. had to take the take the week it's off. All right. But, you know, I, I wasn't going to change. I had Kansas City in the preseason. I was going to stick with yeah, them. Good on you. I liked, you know? the, liked the, how you notified me on that uh, tw- on Twitter. I did. That, that was yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, I mean, really went out on a limb picking the well, best player and the best team. Yeah. Say. Sometimes that's how you win money. Mm-hmm. So it, that doesn't really matter. I does creative or not. Um, really I, good. I thought it was a great game. I thought I was very entertained. I went to bed at the end of the third quarter, um, but everything was good. And I woke up and I wasn't surprised that Kansas City won. I saw the picture and the video, obviously, of the holding call. We'll get to that. But I guess I just going in, I found myself more detached from this year's Super Bowl. And it's not because of in years past I had an actively, you know, an active participant that I was rooting for. That's not the case. I've always been, hey, it's Super Bowl. Let's watch. Let's watch the commercials. Let's get some food, whatever. But it's like, for some reason this year, I I just found myself not really caring if I caught every minute, if I was in the kitchen for commercials, if I missed a, a drive or a big play or a sequence. I was okay with it. That's never been the case in years past, and I don't know why that is. Maybe I was footballed out. I don't know. 
But it was very weird because I, like right in the middle of a drive, I just got up and went to do something. I missed probably like 10 minutes of the game. I think I missed a touchdown. I came back and like, oh, they scored. Okay. I was kind of in the same boat. I was actually kind of thinking the same thing about an hour before the game started because I'm like, first of all, I mean, Jesus Christ, they got a lot of pregame. 9 a.m. Yeah. I mean. What? Just just. If you sit, if you're the if if you sit down and watch all that, go see a doctor, man. <laughs> you're fucking crazy, because that's because most of it's just garbage. It you know, it's I mean, it's just yeah, it's how, all fluff. How much it's garbage. Can you talk about a game. Yeah. one game. There, honestly, part of the problem was there really wasn't any good storylines. I mean, the best two storylines were Kelsey v Kelsey. Yep, which. You know, if if Travis Kelsey was a nose tackle lining well, up across from his brother, or if or if uh, cornerback the other Kelsey receiver. was like a safety yep, right. guarding Travis, yep. now I'm a little more interested. Sure. But one guy's a center, one guy's a tight end. They're not even on the field at the same time, so that wasn't great. And then the Andy Reid Philly angle, but it's yeah. kind of like, eh, it's a coach. He's been gone for like ten years. It's not right that interesting. Um, I I don't know about you. I I don't. I'm I'm certainly not a Chiefs fan, but I don't hate the Chiefs, and I don't like any Philadelphia teams. But I have no problem with Jalen Hurts or or AJ Brown or Devontae. Like they're guys. I'm fine with their guys. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't any of that for me really either. It wasn't like oh Patriots, I get to root against, right. or oh Tom Brady, I can root against Brady or something like that. But so I there, don't know. It was just kind of blah. There was right? no positive or negative rooting interest. Well, and the other thing too, and this, I I'll be interested to see if this changes in the near future. The NBA trade deadline being forty eight hours before the Super Bowl. And then having one of the ten biggest trades in NBA history go down, nobody talked about football for like a day and a half. Two days before the biggest game of the year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is that something the NFL maybe notices and says, okay, well, we got to figure out how we cannot have these line up again? Keep I mean, the granted, on us. this kind of That's a trade's not going to happen every year, but sure. it's still a thing. It still detracts a little bit, takes some eyeballs away from from their product, but this game needs to be played at 3.30. It does. Too late. It does. It's too late. I mean, for people like you that got to work early. All the media members that have to work early. people on the East Coast. Oh, my God. Like little kids and shit. Like, if you're a a seven-year-old Eagles fan, that game, I mean, of course your parents probably let you stay up. A lot of kids just can't. They fall asleep. They're little. You know, mm-hmm. so that that kind of stinks, and but I, I don't know that they'll ever change because the Sunday night football ratings have been like the highest rated show for the last however many years, and this is the third highest rated Super Bowl. I think they said second on Fox. So I mean, they got they got a lot of people watching. So clearly, they're not going to mess with the formula. I think anytime, no, no, that's why anybody that says they should play it on Saturday, well, I mean, you know, go shit in the hand and. You know, wishing the other and see which one fills up. I mean, it's not going to happen. Right. It's just not because they're they own Sunday night and it. the ratings have proven it out. You've they, got, you've, and and really, at the end of the day, why does the NFL give a shit if you go to work on Monday? 
Nobody does. No, they don't care. No. What? Why is that their problem? They have you on Sunday. Exactly. That's it. You know, they have the phrase trademark. Gives, They're not all of a sudden going to give and, it up. And and all those businesses get an extra day. All those hotels get an extra night if the game's on Sunday. So yeah, it's never going to change. That's never going to change. Kansas City wins 38-35. Everybody's talking about the late holding call, which uh, the guy even said in the locker room after me, yeah, I, yeah, I, I held him. Yeah, I did. I pulled his jersey. <coughs> but that doesn't apparently, in some people's eyes, absolve anything. Are you a, um, if you call it in the first five minutes, you got to call it in the last five minutes kind of guy? I like consistency. To me, the situation that it's in, that's why I'm always a little bit weirded out by how that gets in basketball. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get those calls in the final you don't. 30 seconds, minute, Mm-mm. however long you want to say if it's a tight game. It, most time. Most of the time you don't. Let's right. Janesville Parker and DeForest in the sexual, right, well, right, right, sexual yeah. semifinal yeah. with three seconds to go or whatever it is, but... I mean, I'm a big fan of consistency. You can't just say that, well, just because there's however many seconds or minutes left, that's not a penalty when the exact same thing happened, you know, back in the first or second quarter. Penalty's a penalty. Yeah. Situation, regard, you know, regardless. Um, that That's just my feeling. Um, I know people say, you can't make that call at that point. Well. Why? Because why? Because it ruined your fun? Right. Because it did. And that's why in the moment you're like, oh, come on, you know, but yeah, you see the replay. That was a, that action, that kind of inside out Mm -hmm. move that Juju ran there. They had scored two touchdowns on that same action. So obviously they were burning the Eagles with it. Dude got burned. That's why he grabbed. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. It sucks that it ended that way, you know, because it would have been, it would have been great to see. Jalen Hurts have a chance to lead them down with a minute 10 and one timeout. Right. You know, that's always fun. Sure. But, yeah, they made the right call. Um, that's what I think. It's unfortunate, the timing and the circumstances, but that's what it is. It's what it is. I mean, I, I, I guess I'd rather have that than, like, the one. The Was pre- it the, the Saints? The, no, well, no. The, the one that we saw two weeks ago with the um, – the late hit on Mahomes. Oh yeah, where the kid hit him Out too late. Well, that was just stupid. You yes. know, this is just a football play. Like guys, hold. You get beat. You grab. Sometimes they call it. Sometimes they don't. It's just part of the game. You 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 got caught. You know, um, but I don't know. I, I I still was very entertained. I thought it was a fun game. I would agree. Um, Everything that I saw of it. Uh, I think clearly the two. Two of the three best teams. I, I still would throw Cincinnati in the mix. I think if things went a little differently, they could have easily been the Super Bowl champs. Sure. So um, I thought I wasn't sure to make of what was going to happen in the second half when Mahomes came up gimpy. I was wondering whether if they were going to take him back, and I was seeing some stuff on Twitter, they're going to shoot him up with so much stuff that he's, he's, he's not going to be able to feel his leg. You know, and they're just going to trot him back out there. But he was running around, and everything looked fine. He had a late scramble um, that that helped out uh, as well. So uh, he was fine. But I thought, you know, Chad Henney's warming up on the sideline. I'm like, oh man. Well, it didn't look like a bad sprain. No, it, 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 it looked like looked he kind, he kind of got a little bit. I didn't think it was as much of a roll up as he as it got landed on. Mm-hmm. 
and maybe it like it was almost like a shock to the foot. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, you got to give Andy Reid credit. I mean, they go into halftime down ten, right, and uh, come out and score on every possession of the second half. So That's you know, awesome. the the veteran coach went in, <clears throat> made some adjustments. The, the rookie coach couldn't adjust to the adjustments in time and because, you know, the Eagles' offense wasn't great in the second half and their defense got shredded. I mean, people were comparing this D-line to, you know, Steel Curtain, 85 Bears, some of the some of the great lines of all time. And, you know, their regular season numbers stacked up with those teams, but no sacks. I think they were averaging like 18, 19 points a game. They give up 38. Saw the t-shirt in the parade today, no sacks. Mm. Thought that was pretty creed. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to give the Chiefs credit. They yeah. they did what they needed to do, and, and they were able to nullify that that pass rush. And, you know, shit, you, you give Mahomes time, he's just going to pick you apart. Where do you put him now because we're all about lists and all-time things? Where, do you, where, where does he fall now? I don't know. I haven't sat down yet and really thought too much about it, but I was just kind of surprised Monday morning. I shouldn't have been, but I was kind of surprised Monday morning how many people have already moved him to the third greatest quarterback of all time behind behind Montana and Brady. Really? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people on television hmm. have him already as the third greatest quarterback of all time. Now, how many years does he have left in his career? Well, he's 27. He's only played five. He's been a five-year starter. He's made five conference championship games, three Super Bowls, and won two of them. So if your body holds up, and let's just say you can play till you're 40 now, that seems to be the quarterback mark that longe- sure. longevity barring, is. Barring the bad, right. catastrophic injury. You know, people can say if, they, if to I'm a protected. Brain. And, right. <laughs> So he's got another 13 years, and you're already ready to put him there with that much time left? Well, but this is what we do, don't we? That, we're, like, we're quick that, to jump on that? Well, five conference championship games, three Super Bowl appearances, and two, two titles. Yeah. That's better than Rodgers. It's better than Favre. It's better than Marino. It's better than Elway. So, like, if you look at it like that, okay. But I don't know. It's it's so early. I feel That's what I mean. like he had that one year where he threw the fifty touchdowns. I don't think he's ever had forty. Other than that, um, so he hasn't been as good. He hasn't been as good a regular season quarterback as Peyton Manning was. He hasn't been as good a regular season quarterback as Aaron Rodgers has been. Um, but he does have more playoff success than those guys in a lot shorter window. I mean, who knows if if. You would have been told in January of 2011 when the Packers won the Super Bowl. That was it. You're done. You're, Rogers is this is it. You're done. You're done for the decade. You would have been like, I don't know about that. Right. So at the same time, to say Mahomes is going to win three of the next five, maybe, maybe. But hard to, when you're, when you're looking at who else all these other young quarterbacks it's hard to say that i think they did, i think they are one of the best franchises well run franchises in the in the league they've got stability at ownership smart people they got one of the best coaches of all time i think he certainly got to put andy reed up there now mm-hmm. um 
but I don't know. It's just it, the body. It's kind of like Luca. It's kind of like when I'm when I'm doing my list and I'm looking at some of the Luca stats. Now, granted, he hasn't won a, a title, but it's just like, how do I put this into context in this little window that he's played and extrapolate this out over like 15 years? Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to do, you know. Um, I mean, look at shit. Look at Russell Wilson. He had what? Like four conference championships in a row, made a couple Super Bowls, won the one, and never. No, now look at him. Nobody would have thought people saying he's he'd washed. be on a different team yep. and be washed up at thirty-four. Yeah. So it's hard to view that with like boy, seven more years of Mahomes, and we can say that he's washed potentially six more years. Yeah. Well, and and, and part of me almost kind of thinks like that's it. That that already makes you third. Right. Like, that's all you got to do to be in the – because it just – I don't know. It seems like it's always been harder to get into the top five than that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, how do I crack that that list? And now we're already there, and I'm only 27. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. if you're if – you're, I don't know. I guess if you eyeball it and you're like, you know, could Montana make some of the throws that Mahomes makes? Probably not. Probably not. But then again, then you get into the eras thing, you know, and it's like, well, they didn't ask him to do that. I can't knock a guy for not doing it if they didn't ask him to do it. I can't get mad at Jordan for not making threes if they weren't asking him to shoot them. Right. I'm not getting mad at Kareem for not shooting them. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like you can't get you can't. Well, Bart Starr, he's not a top ten quarterback. He only threw 15 times a game. Well, nobody threw more than that. That was just that was football. That's that just the way you did it, or didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, right. I don't know, but third, I, I, I can see the argument, but it's it's almost kind of a little uncomfortable where you're like, I'm like, third, really, already? You're really telling me he's better than Elway? Really? But well, I don't know, I guess. You have, a, you have everything right there in front of you. Just see, it just, but to me, that's the era that we're always in. It's like we're so quick to label somebody, I know, I know. or anoint somebody. Hundred percent. It's like it's it's like so fast. Like we already need to do this. Like what's what's our hurry here? Well, and we have plenty <clears throat> of time for this argument or this yeah. discussion later. And we can talk about it when we get to LeBron with some of the basketball stuff. But like that's been going. That was going on with him for the last fifteen years. Oh, yeah. And it's like, dude, can can the guy just finish his career? Like, because, I, like, like you know, obviously, fully, I'm in the Jordan camp, but, like, what if at the end of the year LeBron goes to the Bucks and they win three more titles? Is he then better? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's can we just let this play out a little bit? Or if you're at the tail end and you want to start discussing somebody's legacy and what they're going to be remembered by and all that stuff, and you want to start, okay, fine, but it's like looking at how many years – potentially <laughs> catastrophic things like you had mentioned in the background and we're not assuming you're Russell Wilson. You've only got a couple years left, but it's like you, there's just so much in front, good or bad. Let's just wait. Let's live in what we're going through right now before we start to do all that stuff. Right. In, in 1996, when Elway's 0-3 in the Super Bowl has been blown out all three times and hasn't made one in over half a decade, and you're you're trying to contextualize where he fits. How easily do you ver- write him ver- off? Versus right. what happens the next two years. Right. As a shell of himself, but he got a bunch of help, 
And now we and, – and I love Elway. I'm an Elway guy. But now he's elevated to a spot where 24 months earlier he wasn't there. And I'm not sure he personally had anything to do with right. going up or going down. Yet he still yeah. vaulted up right. in those discussions. Exactly. It's – I don't know. It's, it's fun to bullshit over, but – you know, everybody's got their own opinion. There's no criteria except for my criteria and my list that I'm making. <laughs> but I don't know. Third man, damn. Mm-hmm. All right, let's roll through a bunch of uh, NFL news. That's that's all coaching hires, and then one little uh, personnel thing as far as players are concerned. I'm 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 very actually curious to hear about your your NBA trade stuff because I I purposely held off texting you about all these trades and movements and stuff because I wanted to wait to get your opinion on this when we did this. So uh Broncos hire Sean Payton. Yay, nay. Surprised. A little bit. Um I just I just would have waited one more year. Okay. If I was him. I mean he had a hell of a gig at Fox. Yeah. You know they're paying him a shitload. He's living in LA. Um and now you inherit a dumpster fire. Yeah, I, I didn't think any of these hires <clears throat> were super appealing. I, I the, the jobs, I should say, not the hires, the jobs. Because mm-hmm. you had Broncos, Panthers, Texans, Colts, Cardinals. Yep. I mean, the I guess the quote-unquote best quarterback there, Kyler Murray. Eh. Unless you think uh, you can revitalize Russell Wilson and make him something. I mean, that would be, I guess if you're Sean Payton... You're like I don't have to go through growing pains. He's a pro. He's a vet. I just He's smart. Get him to play better. I just got to get him. I think. Yeah. I think my system will fit him better. I don't know. And they're know. paying me a, you know, Shit. multiple Brinks trucks full of money. <laughs> uh, Panthers and Frank Reich. Okay. Well, I'll be interested to see him with his with a young quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, because he was really good with Carson Wentz. And then he, got, of course, got hurt. And then, you know, Foles came in. They win the Super Bowl. Then he goes to the Colts, and he's got old-ass Rivers. And then he has old-ass Matt Ryan. And then in the middle of it, he has the Ben Simmons of football, Carson Wentz, who, like, was really good. And, like, I don't know, he forgot how to play the sport. So he had no quarterback. I, I would be, you know, if the if the Panthers end up with one of these top two or three guys and he's got a couple years to develop, it could be interesting because the rest of that roster seems to be pretty talented, mm-hmm. you know, and you know they're going to have a bunch of picks in their pocket from that McCaffrey deal. And your division is not good. Your division's a trash fire. So, uh, Texans and D'Amico Ryans. Well, I guess. I, I hope. For their sake, it's not the third consecutive let's hire a black guy to fire him move because they had it with that David Cully. Yep. They just did it with Lovey, and now you got this guy. Yeah, you can't start a pattern of that. That's that's probably that's not, not going to work. Probably not good. I mean, all, I mean, I remember him as a player. All, all signs um, point to him being a very good coordinator over the last couple of years, so... We'll see, but that team just has no talent. No. Like, Nowhere. that's one of those ones where, like, I don't even want to hear this dude's name being in uh, on the hot seat for two years. No. Because it's not fair. It's almost like they're they're the expansion team that started up. 
They and, really are. And there's nothing expected of The you. cupboard is completely bare. So, um, the Colts uh, hired, uh, is it Steichen? I don't know. never heard of him. Shane, no, and that's where I was going to go. I've never heard of this guy. No. Um, all I know is that it seemed like there was a very anti-Jeff Saturday campaign from a lot of people that know football. Like, Boomer was on this morning. I ran a, a cut. I a, heard a that. Commentary, and he was like, don't let this guy anywhere near your football team. I was like, God damn. That's kind of harsh. Yeah, I think some of that is jealousy okay. from a lot of former players that um, aren't in that position. Yeah, that, okay. that he had no actual background in coaching, and he got the job because he was kind of the owner's pal, and he was a legend. He was a cult legend. Um, I mean, I don't know if you know anything about football. I, I, it's hard to imagine a guy being in the NFL for 15 years and being a multiple-time All-Pro and he doesn't know anything about football. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm at. Like, I get maybe you're not, like, super great, like, in the moment on calling the play, but to say that the guy doesn't know anything, I find that hard to believe. But have you that's heard another of, team I don't, like, what's what's there? Have you heard of Jonathan Gannon? No, when I saw Gannon got the job, I thought, oh, Rich Gannon. I'm the... <laughs> Out of, out of the booth into the into the headset, but no, not Rich Gannon. Some other dude I never heard of. The, both coordinators for Philly, former Osis, yeah, for, former Philly coordinators. So lose the Super Bowl, get the job, win the Super Bowl, Eric Bieniemy, you still can't get a job. Nope. And that's the second it, year in a row that his name is it third year, second year or third year, at least second. And I think it's probably third. I I did read today. <clears throat> it sounds like the Redskins or whatever the fuck they call themselves now, are, are interested. Okay. And I saw some people say, why would you want to go there? It's like, well, there's still only 32 of these jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of weird, though, that he's not getting more interest. And I wonder I, I, I wonder if people are just like, dude, you work for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is your Quarterback, like, what are you doing? It's kind of like the the thing, like w- with Rodgers, with like a get, a Getzy or a Hackett or some of these guys. It's like, really, what are you guys doing? You know, Lafleur's running the offense yeah. and calling the plays. Rodgers is your All Pro quarterback. Yeah, it's like, what exactly are you doing? What is the are offensive court? Like, you just in meeting? Yeah, I don't or, get it. Or what? Yeah, I, I I don't know. That's that's a great question. Uh, and then something came down today. I haven't checked in with our man Bear. Uh, but the Dolphins hired Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator. He's very well regarded, so I'm sure John is probably tickled about that. It's crazy how some of those guys, those those old school guys, just keep getting jobs, keep getting jobs. But some of the old school guys, like Ed Donatel, who just got fired by the Vikings, they keep getting jobs, but they seem to get run out of town. Fangio never gets run out of no, anywhere. No, no. He, he's usually one of the ones who is highly sought after. Yeah, well, I, I'm still disappointed that he's not with the Bears. Right. Because he was a hell of yep. a defensive coordinator for them. Um, and then the one personnel thing, Derek Carr is going to be searching for a team. I, I read a little bit of the story. So he removed himself from the Raiders late in the season. He said, I'm just going to go away from the team. They're moving on for me. That's fine. I'll just leave. And he left. And he's still under contract because he signed a monster deal before the season. Uh, was it before this season or the season before that? I can't remember. I anyway, he, he, there was a multi-year deal, tons of money, and now the Raiders are going to try to get something for him because he has a no-trade clause. He had $40 million in guarantees that would have been good as of yesterday afternoon, 
He turned down the opportunity to be traded. They didn't say what team. Only one team was interested. He visited the Saints. Not sure if they said that that was the one. Uh, And then he said, no, I'm going to not be traded anywhere. So they released him, voided his contract, and now he's a free agent. The fall from him in the last six months has been unbelievable. So do you know what kind of cap hit they have? I don't. not, Not offhand. I'm sure it's ridiculous, but I I don't follow any of the guys for the Raiders like I do the Packers that that do their. Cap. I didn't know if they had just said it or something. I mean, this whole thing is weird, though. This, you know, because there's a couple teams out there that are desperate for a quarterback that are not going to be able to get into the the top couple of picks via trade or anything. Um, Saints, Jets. Now Raiders, like, and with Carr still being on the market, I don't know. It just, it makes me think about the Packers and Rodgers. And I don't know, man. The more and more I think about it, I I just, I don't see Rodgers getting traded. I just don't. I I feel like he's either going to be a Packer or he's not going to be in the NFL. And I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be under center in Week One for the Packers. I really do. I, I I just don't see a guy. I don't see him walking away from the money. I, and I don't see the Packers allowing him to go play somewhere else while it's costing them $40 million. It's just not good business. Um, so would you, okay, then if he doesn't play for them, it still costs them a bunch of money. Not so, if he retires. Well, he's got, there's still some sort of a hit that they have to take. They're not just completely off the hook with everything. Well, whatever. That's that's just the cost of doing business. But okay, it's, but it's then, not it's not to $40 me, what's million. The difference? If you're playing for the New York Jets and you're costing me $40 million or you're not playing at all and you're costing me $40 million. Well, he's not going to cost you $40 million if he retires. It, might, it might be like $10 million, but it's not going to be forty. I'd have to check out the... The guy on Twitter, Ken Ingles, but I know because that doesn't even make any sense. No, it doesn't. If a guy retires, it makes no sense that a team would be on the hook for paying him his full salary. That's but that's exactly what the NFL is trying to do with their salary cap system to prevent you from kicking the can down the road so many times. It's like sooner or later you got to pay the penalty for it, whether the guy retires or not. Now you're not just all of a sudden off the hook completely. Like that, they're they're trying to prevent that from happening. Prevent what from happening? The, the teams to just escape without having to what do... if a guy retires, how are, what does it mean they're escaping? He retired. Right, but he's He's, also he's our starting quarterback and he doesn't money. want to play football anymore. Just telling you what I've read. Yeah, that doesn't seem... That doesn't that yeah. doesn't really make any sense. Well, that, uh, I don't know why. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I know they're, they're going to take a, a giant hit regardless. Hmm. Um, I don't know the different levels of it, but I'll, I'll have to look into that. Regardless, it's my season now. Mock draft season. Pro Football Focus has a good engine where you can execute trades and like it's a it's like a I would assume it's like Madden where it's got like an artificial um brain of artificial intelligence where it's you can offer picks and players and it'll tell you, yeah, we're not doing this or Oh and, right, right. And you can do what you trade for anybody, picks, future stuff, player it does it's it's like people, the NBA trade machine. People can yeah. go nuts with this stuff. And yep. I've, I've there's one guy who turns out one mock draft a day for the Packers, and it's always different. And Boy. he's traded Rodgers and traded Love and he's, drafting C.J. Stroud, and it's like, Do you think his God. mom brings him lunch in the basement when he's done doing that? Another good one a day? For, yeah. And he's going to do it up until up until the draft. Jesus. I bet he's got well, crazy back knee. 
thing will it takes ten seconds. You just hit a bunch of stuff and churn it out. It doesn't matter. And it's not like it's it's not like it's a seven round. Well, maybe it might be a seven round. But anyway, uh, I'll probably fool. I've fooled around with this already. I'll probably keep going with it. But I haven't really looked at anything yet um, because I don't care. It's too early to care because um, it's not like they're going to make a trade this week. No. So new league year. When is it? When is it? Like March thirteenth, maybe end of April is the draft. Yes. And where is it this year? You know, it's a good question. I don't know. Um, the only thing I do know is that uh, Keanu Benton for the Badgers, the Janesville Craig guy, had a really good showing at the Senior Bowl. Nobody could block him, um, and he's going to go to the combine. And right now, I've seen a couple of people that are draft, you know, uh, dorks uh, for a living rank him as the number two defensive tackle. Uh, in the draft, which I thought is pretty cool, they're they're thinking maybe day two. Oh, that's cool. So I that's think cool. I, yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of neat. The, the so. only thing I've really seen, I, I saw Fields came out. Somebody must have asked him about the Bears possibly drafting the quarterback, and he just kind of gave them. Well, yeah, you know, it'd be nice if they told me, but they're not going to tell no, me because that's not how the business works. No. Um, I see and then it. I've seen a lot of, you know, mock trades right with. You can't or whatever. You can't. There's so. And honestly, areas. most of the ones I've seen, I've kind of been like, mm, I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> seem like that's a great, you know. Oh, the Bears trade with Carolina and they get the ninth pick and something else. It's like, well, I wouldn't do that. Why would I want to drop eight spots? No, I drop two, three, and drop it all the way down there. No, that's unless the, I'm getting your next year's first, and I think that you're going to suck. That's what I mean. Some of this stuff you can go really deep on and get really ridiculous, yeah. but. Um, and I did see just on the, just before I left over, they closed on the deal for Arlington Park, so they are they're, yeah, they're there, now owning this. Well, there was something that the mayor was trying to, or not the mayor, uh, uh, the governor was trying to block something. Oh, really? But I I didn't get to read much because I got a little busy this afternoon. But um, yeah, that that'll be interesting to follow. That I mm-hmm. I think that that would be a huge huge plus for the Bears to get out of downtown Chicago and. And get out there and and have kind of a build a complex, you know, something that's like a similar to like what the Packers have, where you you can do more than just go to the game. Experiences, yeah. and shops, hotels. Hey, man, for what these fucking tickets cost, and how hard it is to get this shit, you, you got to make it worth people's while. Yep. So, and it's a lot easier to get to. Yeah, it doesn't take you as much time. Well, shit. I mean, if we can just hop on a train, to take an hour. It, Maybe. You know, Packer fans can say all they want, but it's like, dude, if I can get on a train and go to a Bear Packer game in Soldier and it takes me an hour or I got to drive three hours through Bumblefuck and all that traffic and then I'm not going to get home until Wee midnight, hours, yeah. I'm going to Chicago. Right. Especially state-of-the-art stadium. Yeah. Cool. Fine with me. All right, uh, anything else in the NFL you want to cover? Or no. should we get I'm, to the I'm, NBA? I'm, I'm ready to put right. it to bed for a while. Okay. Um, Bucks played Boston last night. You can run through all this stuff because we it's been a while since mm-hmm. we talked Bucks basketball, but uh, uh, you and I were texting just a little bit during. I was watching some of the Celtics game last night. I watched the technical, which I just laughed at. <laughs> like, I, I didn't even know Blake Griffin was on the team. I didn't even know he was still in the league. But it's like, and, and who, was he, who was he palling with there? Was that, oh, Ingles. And something happened at midcourt and whatever, and Ingles just came by and, like, patted him on the head or whatever, and he got teed up. Like, what? Really? Yeah, well, yeah, and and Griffin kind of pulled away from him when he did it, so I don't know if there's any relationship there. It just seemed like that's what we're doing, honestly. 
but kind anyway, of silly. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> Forty and seventeen. Bucks are second in the East now, only a half game behind the Celtics. Bucks have won eleven in a row. Um, Charlotte one twenty four, one fifteen. Clippers one hundred six, one hundred five. Miami one twenty three, one fifteen. Those three wins were last week, all in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Then they went out on the road. Uh, at Portland, 127-108, beat the Lakers 115-106 with no LeBron playing, mm-hmm. beat the Clippers 119-106 the next night, and then last night beat the Celtics 131-125 in overtime. Um, yeah, last night I thought um, that was the old fuck around and find out game for the Bucks. Um Boston did not have Tatum, Brown, Smarter, Horford. None of them played, four of their five starters. I think it was just a, it was just a classic trap game. We're, we're the week before the All-Star break. You've you've won 10 in a row. Your team you're chasing is coming in. None of their guys are playing, and I think they kind of let down a little bit. I think they played a little to the level. And look, Boston, Malcolm Brogdon, really good player. Derek White, last week was the player of the week in the East. So they got some guys. They still They're still pros. Um, you would have hoped that the Bucks would have taken care of business a little easier, but it, you know it's in the in the NBA. Sometimes you got to win these ugly games. Sometimes you have games where you don't play well. The other team plays a little above their head, and that's what happened last night. Thank God for Drew Holiday, career high forty. Yeah. He was unbelievable in the fourth quarter and overtime. Um, so one more game this week at at the Bulls tomorrow, and then. Um, They'll be off until the following Friday for the All-Star break, so they get the full week off. Giannis in his last 11 games, so during the, the during the win streak, 37 points, 13.5 rebounds, just under 6 assists, and 58% from the floor. And they're also undefeated 11-0 since Chris Middleton came back. Um, slowly ramping his production uh, of minutes up. Started out around 15. I think last night he played about 25 and uh, he's been playing better. He's been playing better, but it's going to be interesting here the second half of the season reintegrating him back because these end-of-game scenarios here now for the last three months, it's been Giannis Drew, Giannis Drew, Giannis Drew, a lot of high pick and roll, a lot of Drew Holiday taking a lot of late-in-the-shot-clock pressure shots that in the past, those have kind of been Middleton shots. So it's going to be interesting to see how much Holiday pulls back on that. But do you want him to pull back? That's going to be interesting. You know, is Middleton going to be fine? I'll be I'll be the third guy. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I don't think Chris is like an egocentric guy where like, I got to get mine. But it's a different role than he's played for the last six or seven years. Um, but I, I think at this point, pretty clearly, I think Drew Holiday's the second best guy in the box. I mean, both both ends of the floor, all the things that he does, his offensive has improved so much since he came to Milwaukee. Um, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's a nice problem to have, to have those guys all back and ready at the same time. But it's going to be interesting going forward. All-Star game or break is this weekend. You've got the uh, Antetokounmpo brothers 
in the skills challenge, which I didn't I didn't see too much of an announcement on that from the Wisconsin media, but that's still kind of a cool thing. Yeah, they've done it a couple years now. Okay. Um, I I'm kind of over it. Okay. Um, I mean, can you win it? Maybe, guys. <laughs> um, and I get it. I get I get why Giannis wants to do it. It's with his brothers. It's cool for them. He's not aware that Americans look at it as kind of cheesy, but we do. And now, <laughs> and now it's like the third year of them doing it, so it's not it's kind of played out a little bit. A little sure. wore off. Yeah. Like it'd be cool. Like I think it'd almost be cooler if the holidays were doing it too. Sure. Yeah, Drew and his two brothers, mm-hmm. along with Giannis and his that two brothers. That would be cool. That'd be kind of interesting. Right. Or and if you had like the Morris twins and somebody and. You know, there's other siblings in the league. Like, if it became something like that, sounds okay. Like, sounds like a Survivor Series um, all of a sudden. <laughs> but that's not the worst of it. The worst of it is the slam dunk contest. Um, maybe the worst collection of four guys I've ever seen. One of them, Mac McClung. Um, I'm not even sure he's in, in the league. He was in the G League, I know, for a good majority of the season. Um, not sure if he's on a roster right now or not, but it's four guys that you you have no idea who they are. No. And that's been like that for the last few yeah. years. The three-point contest has names, because, and that's kind of where, that's kind of, and if, if you ever have wondered what's happened to the NBA. There you go. There you go. Because it used to be the, the, big, the specialist kind of guy. Right. The Craig Hodges, the Steve Novaks. Um, Dale Ellis, Craig Elo, these guys that were kind of just standstill three-point shooters. And then you'd sprinkle in a Bird or a Reggie Miller or a Ray Allen, Mullen. But the dunk contest had Jordan, Neek, Clyde the Glide, Sean Kemp. They had the stars. Now... All the stars are in the three point. So what is the what's uh, so the guys that don't shoot threes that, and I know there are few fewer of them. What has been the evolution to take them out of the dunk contest? Where now I don't want to put. Is it too hard on their bodies? Is it just they they everything's been played out as far as creativity, or they just don't want to commit to doing it because it it doesn't seem like it would be that taxing or that exhausting. I guess. Well, I kind of blame LeBron. Okay. Honestly. I like this. Because he never got in it. And he never got in it for one reason and one reason only. He didn't want to lose. He's the most insecure (laughs) superstar ever. Like, Jordan lost a slam dunk contest. Who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody holds that against him. Is that what we're talking about in Jordan's legacy right. that he lost a dunk contest? And when we're talking about the GOAT conversation, we're not talking about the two that he won. Nobody cares. It's just a contest. Um, so, you know, until stars care, it's not going to be a thing. I mean, it's. Got, I, I saw an interview the other day with Spencer Dinwiddie um, on the Nets, and they, they asked him, would you guys be for, like, a one-on-one contest? at the all-star break. And he's like, well, I'd be all for it. He goes, but I'm not a star. He goes, so if I go out there and cook Kevin Durant and beat him seven to four, that's great for me, but it's not good for them. And he's like, you know, 
Jokic and Embiid, everybody would want to see that, <clears throat> but like they don't want to do that because one of them's yeah, going to lose. Going to lose. And you know what? In one on one, if you lose, I'm just better than you, right? Now I can say, Goldberg, beat you seven to one, dude. I'm better than you. It, or if we're playing a game and we're not really guarding each other, and you know, my team's better. Yeah, exactly. So interesting. I, okay. I said it the last couple of years, the NBA All-Star Game, it's not really for us. <clears throat> it's for kids, especially Saturday night. And uh, I just hope that Giannis gets some rest yeah. over the weekend. All right, so we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to the trades. The Bucks were active and they, they did what you have said they would do <clears throat> since they started the trade rumors started coming. Um, and it was trading for Jay Crowder. You had said all along it would be nice if you could keep Grayson Allen, which they did. They threw in a bunch of second-round picks, which a couple people were asking me, um, like, oh, boy, isn't it kind of ridiculous to give that many second-round picks away? And I kind of take my cues from you. It's like, well, if you look at the Bucks, they're planning to be good for the next X number of years. So those second-round picks are going to be so late at the end of the draft, or any of those guys probably going to make the team, or if they do make the team, are they even going to contribute to the team? Probably not. Probably not, yeah. So it's like that's easy capital to deal with. Yeah, there's only <clears throat> there's only 60 picks in the draft, so you figure those are going to fall in the last five or six. And you right. can count on one hand the amount of guys that have been drafted there that have really had productive NBA careers. The other thing is... <clears throat> You can typically buy those picks on draft day. Usually a lot of teams will, will uh, put those picks up for sale. You know, two, three million bucks a team can buy them from the other team for. That's what cash considerations uh, okay. would mean. Interesting. Um, so if the Bucks were desperately in need of, of, of a body or something, they could do that. But, yeah, they, um, you know, they got rid of two guys who are done in George Hill and Ibaka. Mm-hmm. They're done. Um. Promising. Ibaka was immediately cut by oh, Indiana. Really? <laughs> and and George Hill is not because he played there for several years, and they probably are just going to let him ride it out, and he'll retire at the end of the year. He was going to retire last year, but he came back for one more run. I mean, I don't really particularly like George Hill, but it's one of those sports <laughs> things where you kind of feel a little bad for the guy where it's like he chases the title his whole career. He joins the Bucks. He leads the walkout in the bubble. They don't bring him back. They win the title. They bring him back last year. They lose. He's going to retire. They talk him into coming back. They trade him. Now they got a chance to win the title again. <laughs> wow. That's a, so, that's a yeah. peaks and valleys sort of last few years. Um, you know, I'm excited for, for getting Crowder. Um, he gives them the one thing they don't have, which is defensive wing depth and toughness. What I uh, I think they said he's played like 58 playoff games in the last 3 or 4 years um being on Boston and the Suns obviously played against the Bucks in the finals 2 years ago. So I'm 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 looking forward to it. Didn't play last night, not going to play tomorrow. Right. Going to give him till after yeah. the break, which is a smart thing to do. <clears throat> I think he will end up starting. Oh, okay. I think you're going to see Holiday, Crowder, Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez be the starting five going forward um, with a bench unit of Connaughton, Grayson, Bobby, 
um, Ingles, and then a combination of Javon Carter and Matthews. 11-man rotation. In the playoffs, you'll probably knock that down to nine, nine and a half. I think Javon Carter will be the odd man out, and I think he should be. He's had a nice year. It's been, it's been a, he's contributed well to the team, but his size uh, is not good. The later you get into the NBA playoffs, the more that gets exposed. So I, I think you'll see him get cut out. But the nice thing with Crowder is it takes a lot of pressure off of um, Middleton, Holiday, and Matthews defensively because you can put Crowder on Levine, DeRozan, Tatum, Brown, um, those scoring wings where, you know, Middleton gets a couple of fouls or Drew gets a little foul trouble. You can throw Crowder on him for five or six minutes and and he's going to do a good job. So I'm excited. Um, this is the trade that I was I was hoping was going to happen. Like you said, all year it's been talked about for months. I do not think they gave up too much. I think they gave up just enough. You know, Jordan Wara also goes in that trade. That's a positive piece, but like he had his he had his chances, man. When I when I heard from you and everybody else, and like what you just said about Hill and Abaka wanting out already, mm-hmm. like finding somebody new, and then just the second round picks, whatever. It's like. Really, the only thing you might be a little disappointed about giving up is Wara. Yeah, because George Hill wasn't playing anyway. Right. So, and Wara, I mean, he got time early on, but, like, I mean, I, I, I'd i rather have Bochamp out there than Wara. Okay. Frankly, yeah, the better athlete, as good a shooter. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... Okay. You know, obviously, if you win the title, you look back at this and say it's a wonderful trade. I think even if they don't, I think it was the right move to make. Okay. So, um, a couple of big trades at the deadline. This was a very, very uh, star studded trade deadline, including Kyrie going to the Mavericks, Durant going to the Suns, and then Westbrook going to the Jazz. Um, I'll let you kind of break all this down and whether you thought they were good, um, whether they made sense, and how ultimately who's going to pan out better in the long run. Well, the first one that happened was <clears throat> Kyrie going to Dallas for Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and some picks. Um, I was surprised it ended up being Dallas. I get why they did the, did the move. Um, weirdly, Dallas has really, really struggled to get free agents. Which is weird because Mark Cuban spares no expense. Right. Um, I mean, he was the guy that, like, he was the first guy as an owner <clears throat> that was concerned about how nice the visitor locker room was. <laughs> because for years in the NBA, it was always like, Put you in this little cracker box locker, turn the heat up, no cold, no hot water in the shower, you know, the old red hour back Boston Celtic kind of thing. And Cuban went the other route where he was like, hey, we're going to put these ergonomically correct chairs. We're going to have video game systems. We're going to put flat screens. We're going to do it for us, and we're going to do it for the other guy. So the other guy knows, hey, these guys really care. But it hasn't really worked. And, I mean, even when they've had Dirk, 
like all of the guys they got to play with Dirk were via trade. There were they they didn't draw anybody down there, and it, and it's it's kind of weird because it's Dallas, which is a pretty big market. Um, no state income tax in Texas, but for whatever reason, they've just never been able to get get that guy to go along with their star. And the clock's ticking on Luca. Um, he's in year four. He's under contract for like another four years. But the way this league works now, he could just wake up tomorrow and say, "Trade me." Right. Um, so I, I understand the Kyrie move. I would just say, "Good luck." <laughs> Good luck, especially given his comments yep. that have been in the last two or three days, I, which I, have I mean, just been like, "Wow." I wonder he, if everybody's going like, "Boy, really glad we got him." I just think the two most. So, the two guys, the two superstars in sports right now that lack self-awareness the most are probably Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> Just some of their comments are befuddling. They're going to be fun to watch. They're going to have games where those two combine for 70 points. And I think they're going to be a bitch to play in the playoffs regardless of the Kyrie trade because it's a bitch to play Luka. But I don't think they're title contenders. Yep. And whether or not they re-sign Kyrie, we'll see. Um, Mark Cuban's always been a pretty smart businessman. Going into business with Kyrie Irving on the wrong side of 30. That was a little bit shocking to me, Because it's not going to be like a two-year. You're not going to sign him for two years. If you sign him, it's going to be for four or five. Um, Cubes just doesn't see like his seem like he would want that kind of personality on his team. Also, I guess, which is that that was a little bit more puzzling to me than just the talent. You know what I mean? Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, some of those business guys just being in the mix is what they want. Um, you know what do they say? All publicity is good publicity. That's right. That's right. Uh, Suns weren't the only uh, team to uh, make a trade with the Bucks. They also traded again after that. Well, before it actually. Oh, oh, it was it was D- before. Yeah. That. The, okay. So Durant goes to Phoenix for basically everybody on Phoenix, not named Aiton, Chris Paul, or Devin Booker, and a shitload of picks went as well. Um, and Jay Crowder was was part of that because the Bucks actually got Crowder from the Nets, not the Suns. Okay. Um, what did Bill Simmons say the other day? <clears throat> Only Kareem, Wilt, and there was one other one. Oh, Shaq have ever been traded in their prime of the top 15 greatest players of all time in Simmons' list. So it's one of the biggest trades in NBA history. I woke up to it on Thursday morning. First of all, what a great day to be sick. Thursday. <laughs> Watch all, this Watch all that shit all day long. Um, yeah, I was pretty surprised, actually, because the trade they made for Kyrie, they got back players that it appeared they wanted to put as complimentary pieces for Durant for right now. But obviously Durant went to them and wanted out. And the Nets owner, I don't think he's fucking around anymore. He's tired of these guys waffling. That's what I was just going to ask. He's just like, you know what? We're going to cut bait. We're going to move on. We're going to start over. It's just 
That was going to be my follow-up. Like, what are Nets fans feeling right now? Well, like I say, all three of them are probably pretty disappointed that it didn't work <laughs> out. Um, for, for the Suns' perspective, on paper, it makes them the favorite with Durant, Paul, Booker, and Aiton. I'm not so sure I buy that, though. Um, all those guys are very fragile. Chris Paul always gets hurt, and he always gets hurt in the playoffs because he's a small guy, and it seems like when he gets into that 100-game range, he starts to break down, and that's what you got to play to get to the finals. Um, Duran again this year. He's coming off this MCL sprain. He's had some injury problems the last few years. And Devin Booker as well. He's had a lot of hamstring and groin problems over the last couple of years. He's missed a lot of time. So we'll see what the health there. And then they they completely obliterated their depth in this trade. I mean, you do the trade 100 out of 100 times. If you can get Kevin Durant, you get Kevin Durant. But in Devin Booker, uh, even in his interview post-trade, he's like, these are big losses. Like, Mikael Bridges is one of the best wing defenders in the league. Cam Johnson is a knockdown three-point shooter. Um, Jay Crowder, even though he hadn't played this year, he was an integral part of them going to the finals two years ago and having the best record in basketball last year. So, you know, yeah, on paper, you got these three dudes, four dudes, it looks pretty unstoppable, but we got to see how these guys all fit together. You can't play them every minute of every game. Right. You can't because they're, they'll break down. I mean, especially Chris Paul. I mean, we saw it in the finals uh, the year they went to the finals and played the Bucs. Um, and, uh, you know, shit, he's 37, 37, 38. Durant's 34. I mean, these guys aren't, they're not the spry kids they were a decade ago. They got a lot of miles on them. Um, you know, Kevin Durant is still awesome. And if he's healthy, they're going to be a bastard to play in the playoffs. Um, but you still got to play the game, so we'll see. Okay. And then Westbrook leaving the Lakers and going to the Jazz. Yeah, this was kind of, you take my problem, I'll take yours. Um, if you watched the game last week when LeBron broke Kareem's record, Westbrook was kind of a man on an island, kind of doing his own thing. And the crowd was getting on him. It it You could kind of feel that there was a trade coming. So they send him to Utah. Um, Utah sends Mike Conley to Minnesota because Minnesota is desperate to somehow justify the debacle that was the Rudy Gobert trade. Um, and Conley is more of a facilitator than a scorer. And, you know, you're building around Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. So the thinking is maybe he fits in there. And then Minnesota trades D'Angelo Russell back to the Lakers where he started his career. Um, this is like the fifth time Russell's been traded and he's only like 24, 25 years old. Um, indication. He's a pretty good player. He puts up nice numbers. But I don't know that he's a winning player. And him going back to L.A., eh, we'll see. But I think the Lakers were just desperate to do something. And this is what they came up with. So, 
And then finally, one other NBA note: uh, LeBron breaks the scoring record. Did you watch? I did. When I did. that happened, I know yep. that's that's something that you wanted to do. Are we making a huge deal about this? Well, and is it deserved? Let me to... ask you. All right. Do you think it's a big deal? Like as a as a casual basketball fan, are you like, wow, that's really cool? LeBron broke that record. I mean, if it was anybody else, yeah. But, I mean, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. Uh, is it significant? I think it has to be because that's a that's a pretty big statistical category in the sport, mm-hmm. if, mm-hmm. Not, if not the biggest. Yeah. Uh, outside of championships won and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, players playing longer now, I mean, if you really take care of yourself, um, the amount of points that are put up, I guess it's not really surprising um, I mean, it, we already know that he's in the company that he's in. So, I mean, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really elevate him any further. I think he's already in. Well, some people, era. some people have made the argument that this cements his legacy as the greatest player of all time, which I think is stupid. I, I, I don't think making one more basket than Kareem, who cares? Okay. Um, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a cool record to break. I think it's cool like when Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's record. <clears throat> but that didn't make Hank Aaron the greatest baseball player ever. Right. It's my dad's favorite player ever, but I think most people would tell you, yeah, Willie Mays is probably better than Hank Aaron. Okay. Um it the the LeBron hype machine is just something else though. <laughs> and and the phoniness Oh. With, with which well. there was a <clears throat> there was a moment in that game. It was at halftime, and LeBron must have been mic'd up. Okay, so his two sons were sitting under the basket on the end of the floor where their bench was. So he's sitting on like the stanchion underneath the basket, and he's talking to his sons, and you can tell his sons are both kind of like half listening. You know, I mean, it's their dad. I mean, granted, their dad's LeBron, but it's, it's their dad. It's they, not that big of a heard deal. All this before, right. I'm... and he's sitting there and he's going. So, what do you think? Should I break it right now? Should I break it in this quarter? What do you think? Should I break it? Okay, I'll go ahead and break it. They never spoke. <laughs> he just said it like five times, and it was just like the most blatantly obvious, like set up clip, self promoting. You know, this is going to go in the LeBron yeah. ten part series that'll be out on Netflix in twenty twenty nine. You know, can't wait. Um, but I mean, it was cool. Kareem was there. You know, yep, I saw that. It's one of those things, and I was wondering how they were going to do it. They just stopped the game for like a half an hour, <laughs> and then they do all this pomp and circumstance, and then they just go like, "Okay, fourth quarter, away we go." And LeBron like went like one for eight in the quarter, and it's like, of course he did. I mean, I'm not even I'm not even ripping on him for that because I'm watching this going. Dude, there's no way the Lakers are going to win this game. Like, I don't know how you can flip that switch back on. It's impossible. And then they ended up losing the game. But it's weird, like, talking about the hype machine. So, do you know who's number three all-time scorer now? No idea. Okay. It's Carl Malone. Okay. Carl Malone is about 1,400 points behind Kareem. That's a lot. Seems like a uh, lot. Is it's it? like... How many seasons is that generally? Well, 
Two thousand points in a season is okay. a lot. That's a lot. Okay, so you're so you're at, you're one of the better players in the league if you're average if you're getting that. So at, at if Malone plays another two years, he breaks Kareem's record. Okay, for sure, for sure. Okay, nobody was really talking about it. No, nobody really cared. wasn't that big of a deal. Um. So I I, I don't know. I mean, LeBron is going to score another four thousand points probably because he's going to play another four or five years. Um. You know, sticking with the 2,000-point thing, that usually means you're averaging high 20s per game. Kareem doesn't play four years of college and comes out early. Right. He's got another eight, seven, 8,000 points. So that's what I'm saying. Like, sure. that's why the, the record to me isn't that huge of a deal. I guess I think the most interesting thing is the closest guy active to him is Durant, 12,000 points behind. That's six years. That's a lot. That's a lot. And LeBron or Katie is not going to have six two thousand point years after LeBron's done playing. So that that record's gonna stand for a long time. There's no question about it. And you know, as much as I dislike LeBron, you know, you gotta give him his props. Stayed healthy. Um please don't tell me that he's not a scorer. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's that's uh that's pretty much all I got for that. All right. We'll delve into more LeBron stuff if I ever oh, release my list. Can't wait. Yeah. All right, college hoops. Um, we're over an hour. Let's let's get through this. Uh, Badgers, they beat who they should, I think, and, yeah. and then they lost to teams that were ju- – I mean, Northwestern, I, I will give it to them. They're having a good year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're probably, I would say, going to make the tournament. It's looking that way. At this rate. Somebody from the Big Ten has to. The bad – the worst loss – I don't know how maybe in the last couple seasons. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back. I haven't been following that closely, but it seemed like the wheels came off big time down at Nebraska. They beat Ohio State. They beat Penn State. They beat Michigan uh, last night, and then those are the two losses to the Wildcats and the Cornhuskers. Um, and a lot of people kind of fired up the whole, you know, does the program need a change kind of thing. You, del- you delved into that pretty uh, deep when we did our last a podcast, and now they got to face Rutgers coming up on Saturday. So uh, we're getting down to the to the end here, which is five games left. But um, under five hundred record of the Big Ten, they're tenth right now. It's not mm-hmm. great. No, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. In the last two weeks, they beat a really bad Ohio State team. They beat a pretty shitty Penn State team, <laughs> and then last night they snuck one out against Michigan, who is so bad. The Badgers didn't make a shot for eleven minutes. And Michigan still lost. 0 for 15 from the floor, and that's That bad. tells you how shitty that team is. Yeah, I mean, losing to Northwestern on its face doesn't isn't great. They sweep you for the first time since, like, Dick Bennett's first year, I yeah. think it was. Um, the Nebraska one, that was rough. I watched that game. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, I was texting with Bear. Off the top of my head, I'm like, that's got to be the worst loss of the guard era. I don't know, though. I'd have to go back and look. But to blow a 17-point team uh, lead against a team that's basically at the basement of your conference, that's not good. That's not good. So five games left. Like you said, they got Rutgers Saturday. I think they got to go minimum 3-2. and That gets you to 500 in the league. And then win a couple of conference games. And then win a game or two in the conference tournament, and you got a shot to get in. Uh, But... I think if they lose three of the next five or six games, I think they're done. I think they're out. NIT time. Yep. 
Uh, Marquette's playing tonight. Uh, they got uh, number one. They're a half a game up on Xavier and Creighton. And uh, I, I've watched a little bit of Marquette. You you kind of called the UConn game. We were doing a game yeah. uh, that night, and you had watched him this afternoon. <laughs> and we had him on my I, I had him on my iPad while I was kind of setting up and as watching as, stuff. As soon as I saw that, the, the th- I think that 10. morning. As soon as I saw that, got it in the top ten. I went, oh, they're going to lose that game. <laughs> I just see. I've seen this too much. Sure, I've seen this too much. The players they get a little big for the britches. You're going on the road. You're playing against a team that's really good that you already beat once. That's pissed off. They're trying to catch up to you. It was just, it happens. Mm-hmm. Just one of those games. Um, beat Villanova at home. Beat Butler at home. Beat Georgetown at home. All all three teams they should beat. Um, but yeah, like you said, number sixteen Xavier tonight. Number eight at number eighteen Creighton next Tuesday. So these next two games, if Mark, I think if Marquette goes one and one, I think they're going to at least get a share of the conference, which would be cool. Um, But they're just really fun to watch. They're a very entertaining team. Not like the other team that we talk about. (laughs) That's right. Um, Bracketology has them as a three seed in the South, not the South. Uh, against Hofstra, and um, oh, the Hofstra. they had him. <clears throat> weirdly, they had him in the same bottom bracket as Baylor, and Marquette already whipped the hell yeah, out of Baylor and Milwaukee earlier in the year. So usually they don't like to do that, but okay. you know, pay attention to that when the brackets come out. Right. Um, number one seeds right now: Alabama, Purdue, Kansas, and Houston. Well, Alabama was just ranked first. What did I read for the first time since? Was it 2013, maybe? I can't it's remember. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, two seeds, Baylor, Texas, Arizona, UCLA. So, um, Pac-12, two teams. Big 12, three teams. Purdue just lost to Northwestern, too. Our our buddy Joe was there with his kid, and he was taping the end of the court rushing and stuff like that. He said it was one of the most electric arenas that he's ever been at for a finish of a game for Northwestern beating Purdue. I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Well, I think the Big Ten's in trouble in the tournament. I, I mean, if 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 you said to me right now, what's the surest bet you can think of off the top of your head for the tournament? It would be that Purdue will not make the Final Four. Probably agree with you. I don't see it. If they're losing to Northwestern on the road, that had nothing to do with that so much. Sometimes those, sometimes conference games like that, the familiarity breeds an upset. Yeah. I just look at the way. I just look at the Big Ten teams that I've watched this year, including Purdue, and I'm just kind of I'm, I'm underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if that big kid for Purdue gets in foul trouble, they're just a team. They're they're just they're Iowa. <laughs> Seriously, they are. They're Iowa. They're like, okay, well, we got a couple guys. They run around and chuck some threes, but there's nothing special about that team. That kid kind of. That Edie kid, because he's a giant, he kind of is something different that teams most teams can't account for. Um, I don't know. I, I just the wrong matchup for them. You know, you play a team that really gets up and down, and they and they make some threes and they shoot well. I could see them getting knocked out relatively early. Okay. Uh, any other hoops related stuff? No. A couple think that's of it. couple of quick baseball notes. We'll uh, we can start with the Brewers. I don't know. If the decision came down today, do you anything, did you see anything on Burns as far as his arbitration hearing? I know they're about seven hundred and four fifty thousand dollars apart. Which 
I was Doesn't so seem like a whole I was lot. Pretty disgusted with the fact that they even allowed it to go to arbitration. That I didn't even pay attention. Were they going to really dig your heels in over that? Just over ten million, and he wants ten point seven five. Like yeah. really? Yeah. For a guy that just led the National League in strikeouts, won the Nat- won the Cy Young the year before. Are we really going to be that way? Doesn't seem like the most forward thinking decision. Not really, especially for a guy if you really want to keep. But you're going to piss him off and say, oh, I see what I'm worth to you. Really? Well, that, Not going to give me a couple couple hundred grand more? That's why on Twitter, if you follow like Adam McCalvey or anything, anytime he puts out any brewer news about contracts or salaries, usually the first comment in the comment section is a picture of Atanasio sitting in the front row with waving. And underneath it just says, cheap-ass Mark Atanasio. <laughs> <laughs> and like it or not, that's what the fan base thinks of him right now. They signed nobody this offseason. Nobody. Um, they went out and they made a couple of minor trades. And I, I did hear um, some news on Wink Jesse Winker. Apparently he had some offseason neck surgery, which is why they're viewing him as the long-term DH because they don't think he can play the field yet. Um and they were talking about the surgery, like they go, they went in from the front, and they moved his voice box to Whoa, the side. Okay, yeah, I was like, God damn! So, like, you know, the Whoa. I think it was Todd Rosiak from the Journal Sentinel was giving the interview, and he's like, Yeah, he goes, they can't really, <clears throat> he can't go out and track fly balls and risk like running into a wall. Yeah, so. Wow, he's, he's the long term DH, which okay. is not a good thing for Kasten Hira. Who has no options left. He can't play the field. Um, yeah. I, I will be very surprised if they don't trade him in the spring Hero? training. Yeah. Somebody will get hurt. Somebody will be looking for some infield depth. Okay. Maybe an American League team wants to throw him in at a part-time DH. But I, I'll be surprised if he's on the Brewer opening day roster. Biggest thing to come out of baseball in the last couple of days is a competition <laughs> committee. We are now doing the permanent runner starting at second in extra innings. Hate it. I know you do. Hate it. I know you do. I love it. Hate it. I think I it's fucking, you know, it's like playing kickball and you can't kick it to right field. So if baseball wants to speed up games, and that's basically all this is, all this is, they want to get the game over quickly because they know fans tune out very easily. If that's partially what this is, if they came to you and said, okay, we know that you don't like this rule. How about if we leave the 10th and the 11th inning alone and we start this in the 12th inning, would you be more apt to concede like, yeah, okay, fine, because now we're worried about bullpens and we're worried about arms and position players throwing and all this kind of stuff that Ouch. would damage you for the next couple of games if you're really going to deplete your bullpen if you want to win this one. Would you say, okay, fine, now I can understand why? Sure. Okay. Sure, but you've yet to convince me that by putting a guy on second to start an extra inning that it makes the game end faster. One hit. Guy scores, and you already got the advantage. But then the other team gets to do the same thing. Correct. So how is it making the game end faster? I would say the chances increase of one team driving one guy in with a guy at second rather than no team starting with a guy at second. But the odds are the same. Correct. The odds are the same if if I start a guy at second or I don't have anybody on. Because if we're both starting at second or we neither of us have anybody on, the odds are the same. See what I'm saying? So I, I, I've, I've yet to... 
see anybody lay out any real actual data that shows me how much faster extra inning games end now because we put a guy in second. Then, I just think it looks uh, it's it's no offense it's softbally to me. Correct. That's what it is. Absolutely, it's not professional baseball. And that's to probably me. why I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, because at the at the end of that time, it's it to me. When I was in that situation, it created more drama. It created a more sense of, wow, we are really in a tight squeeze right now. We can't let that guy get to third. got to hold him at second, make sure the guy gets to first. We'll force a double play. That It just opened up a lot of different uh, different things than, with, than if nobody was on. And let's say we had their seven, eight, nine guys in the lineup at bat. I'm surprised, frankly, that the players had won any part of it. What, do you know what the reaction I don't. has been from them? I okay. don't, but I'm surprised because, especially the pitchers, like I would think the pitchers would hate it. Of course they would. You make one mistake. You know, because now now you're tagging me with a loss. I might only throw one pitch. Right. Right. That's it. And and then when we go to arbitration, and <laughs> right. you're looking at my win-loss record, you're going to go, well, you lost, you lost, you lost, you lost. Like How many of those extra inning games did I pitch in? So, yeah, I don't know. I Okay. I just think it's. I think it's. It's hokey. It's hokey. It it's the shit you did at at school when you didn't have enough guys in the field. Right. You know what I mean. Right. We'll give you a runner out at. Yeah. We'll base give you a ghost runner. Yeah, right. Um. The other thing was, and I saw the players. If they do it, before you go, oh. I am all for pitcher's hand, though. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, be I'm a, kidding. Be Could you imagine that? Miracle. Oh my no god. No one would ever bunt again. No. No way. Pitcher's hands. He's got to be on the mound. He's safe. Didn't get to the mound. He got time. pitchers fielding bunts and fucking diving onto the mound to try to tag the <laughs> That's right. tag the dirt. That'd be so stupid. I did see the players talk about the larger bases that apparently uh, they're what an inch larger. Oh, I, 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 I don't know what the dimensions are. Are they a lot bigger? One player described it as a pizza box. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, it's huge. It's big, man. They're big. I, well. The first thing my dad said, he goes, do those guys still get to wear those fucking oven mitts when they're on the base pass now? I go, I don't know. That's a good question. Everybody you know, does that everybody does it. Their well, hand and- I get it. It's like, so you don't step on right? me. You don't get spiked. But now if I can basically slide into the outfield grass and still be touching the base, do I need that? Is this basically to cut down on the area that players will run into each other or block guys running from running sliding into the bases like where did this come from that we need it is it a safety issue well i think that's what they're pinning it on okay i but i'm not sure it it's got to have something to do i would think with double plays oh um even though we've done the no contact thing we've made that rule now well yeah because it's not like you're seeing a bunch of dudes step on the first baseman no when they're running down the line or anything. No, you want to do softball, let's do that. Let's push the orange base in foul territory. Right. If you're really concerned about that. So I'm not I'm not exactly sure what the reason is, but Okay. I mean this one doesn't drive me nuts. I don't know that it's something that we'll particularly notice. I doubt it. I, I mean unless it's a replay, it's like, oh, he wouldn't have made it if it wasn't sold for an extra bigger base this year. I mean it looked like That's... a big fucking pillow. I haven't seen them. Yeah, it was like really? it looked like an old like a couch cushion. It's huge. All I know is pitchers and catchers are reporting the first Brewer spring training game is a week from this Sunday. Yelich is up to two fifteen. I heard Saturday. Which which when I heard that, I thought to myself, "Well, what the fuck was he last year? Right, one eighty? Christ, you fucking twig! Eat some meat. 
I know you're a California you're, hippie, right, but, but you're in Milwaukee Jesus, for half the year. Have a brat, for Christ's sake. Exactly. Somebody get this guy some cheddar. So Fat I should, him up. I should say a week from Saturday is the first game. We're going to have that on the radio station, which is kind of cool. So I'm kind of ready for uh, baseball. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Football, I mean, our teams haven't played in like fucking half a year, it feels right. like, right? Yep. It's true. So well, I'm 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 anxious to get some baseball going. I, really I want to cheer really for know. I want to cheer or cheer against somebody. You know the Bucks right now they're in that dead zone, but I want to either I want to cheer for the Brewers and I want to cheer against the Cubs and the Cardinals. That that usually makes my summer. I really would like to cheer against the Cardinals. I love pooping on them. I'm I'm gonna I need to find a new player to hate now, like really hate. That's, oh, it's easy. His name's fucking Wilson Contreras, the new Cardinal catcher. The old Cub catcher, who's now the new Cardinal catcher, who was a dick on the Cubs and will be a double dick on the Cardinals. I just, I'm. It's gonna take me some time for him to rise Dude, to the Molina no, level. It, you know how long it's gonna take you? One game. <laughs> I guarantee it. Really? He is going to be cocking off, wearing that fucking Cardinal. I guarantee. The first time he comes to Milwaukee, he's gonna do something. He's gonna lean into one. He's gonna start chirping at somebody, and you're gonna be like that motherfucker. <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> okay, that's asking a lot because I, I hated Molina. Hated yeah, well, Molina. All right. Warm your hate warm your hatred back up okay. cuz you're going to need it for this guy. I'll have to trust And the you thing on that, that sucks is his brother's now the brewer catcher. Yes, I know. So, hopefully it does, does it run in the family. I don't know. Okay. If he's like every other brewer catcher, he'll be there for a cup of coffee and they'll get go get some other guy. <laughs> Brandon Woodruff basically said that yesterday in an interview I heard. He's like, yeah, we've had a lot of catcher turnover around here, so I'm kind of getting used to this. <laughs> That's funny. All right, uh, we'll close out with some high school stuff. Um, we don't need to go into the, I mean, I posted an, I article, got nothing, so. posted an article on Facebook about all the Middleton football stuff that's been happening. Still nothing on that Verona, some Prairie West investigation that's happening. Um, I heard from a couple of people that they might wait until the end of the basketball tournament before they do anything, which I think is a little bit shady in itself. But um, girls' brackets came out, just some weird stuff happening with the computers. Um, but yeah, like, Craig was a little lower than we thought they'd be. We yep. thought they'd be a, maybe a three seed. They end up with a five. Yeah. Um, so they get one home game, but then they need to go. We went and we saw them beat Bradford on the road last year, and that's kind of the way it's lining up this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the big eight for girls um, – not super well thought of because Verona, who's going to run away with the Big Eight this year, they got a three seed in their own sectional. Yeah, which so, it seems like that sectional is going to be a good a, one. Is going to be a lot better in girls and boys than the one that Craig and Parker are. In. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So boys sectional comes out this weekend. We got a couple of games uh, left to call for the boys. Girls playoffs start next week, and um, and we're off and rolling mm-hmm. in playoffs. You know, we've done quite a few. Fewer games uh, than we did last year, so I think we're we've had more weird shit happen this year. Though we've had a lot of Badger conflicts, and yes. we've we've had a couple games canceled for weather. Yep, we're, we're gonna have one, one tomorrow. tomorrow. So it's it, it's kept us fresher. I think um, it's been nice. Sean and Bear have picked up some of the load. You know, uh, you've been sick. I've been sick. You know, my father in law passed away. So we yeah, so we, we've so we've, just had a lot of stuff it, going just, on. Just a lot of things happening. So it's been it's been kind of weird. But I'm I'm ready for the playoffs. It's a different feel. You know, I've never played. I've never seen the Oak Creek gym. Have you ever played there? Nope, nope. So so we're get to see that with Janesville Parker. We'll probably go to Bradford um, for for Craig after that. If kind of the dominoes fall, Craig might get a home game maybe for the boys. 
boy, I don't know, after last night, they lost at home by 25. The Madison Memorial team that they'd already beat. Yeah, that's not that's not good. The but their sectional is extremely weak. It's yes. probably the weakest, maybe the weakest in the state. So they got a shot to make a run if they can pull their head out of their ass. But if they play like they did last night, they could they could lose the first game. Parker so. will go on the road. We'll see what happens there. But those brackets come out on Sunday afternoon, so we'll we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But other than that, that is uh, a good batch of stuff to talk about on the intentional foul after a week off. We'll see if we come back next week. It's kind of thinning out, um, so we'll see what we do. Uh, appreciate you listening, downloading, and uh, obviously please subscribe and of course tell your friends. So until next time, I'm Josh and Dan. We will talk to you down the road. Go Bucks. Stay healthy.